the title of my message today is A Tale of Two Meals. Um, so I'm going to look today very much at the harmony between worship and serving. And it's great that we've been able to hear just and see an example of serving overseas. And similarly with Jen and Make Lunch, serving in our local communities. And like I say, I'm going to be looking at this harmony between worship and sermon. I'm basing it on Mary and Martha and, uh, and, and their, their, their meals that they served uh, when Jesus came to visit. So the first passage is in Luke 10. And Luke 10 says, and I can find it, there we go. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And then we see a little bit later on, and this is the next, story, the next meal is in John 12. We see a little later that Jesus has been back to, uh, to Bethany. And, uh, and he's uh, raised Lazarus, Mary and, Martha, Mary and Martha's brother. He's raised him from the dead. And then in John 12, we see another meal being described. And it says, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom he had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served And Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with a fragrance of perfume. Two meals. The same people were involved. At the first meal in Luke, we see that there is a disharmony between Mary and Martha. Martha is clearly someone who loves to serve. She is someone who in many ways defines herself by her love of others. And and her desire is to serve them, to see that their needs are met. It was Martha that invited Jesus into the home to see that his physical needs were met, that he had food, that he had a place to rest. Mary, on the other hand, is a worshipper. She wanted to sit at Jesus' feet. She wanted to give all of her time to sitting at his feet, to hearing his words, to listen to what he was saying. Martha was a server, Mary a worshipper. With Mary, you kind of get the impression that she would have been happy just with a simple sandwich or scone in order to spend more time at Jesus' feet. But by the time we get to the second meal, we see that there is harmony between the two. Martha once again is serving. Mary once again is sitting at Jesus' feet. 
But something has happened. Clearly, the Lord has had an impact upon them. Because whereas at the first meal, there is this disharmony between them, and they're pulling in different directions, in the second meal, they are together. They're united. There is no trace of any disagreement, no trace of any argument, even though on the face of it, Martha is still serving and Mary is still sitting at Jesus' feet. Many of us will relate to one or other. I am clearly a Martha. I define myself, rightly or wrongly, Richard, I may need to do freedom in Christ, I define myself by serving. I get a lot of joy from serving. I like to see that people's needs are met. I often, I can put my foot in it, because I've tried to serve too much, and I've, got, and I've kind of got involved in other people's uh, bits and bobs. But I, I define myself by serving. I even caught myself once, and I don't know where Sandra, Sandra told me off saying this. Sandra, I don't know, you probably don't remember, but Sandra told me off in that, in that loving way that she does. <laughs> I said once, and this was me speaking, I was in the kitchen, if I'm not serving, why am I here? Which is a shocking thing to say, because I'm here to worship. But for me, my, my kind of happy place is, is to serve. Okay, But it becomes very easy to allow that desire to serve, to allow that to become all-consuming. And I find that quite difficult at times. It becomes all-consuming. And in the end, you can get frustrated. And suddenly, just like Martha did, when she was running around trying to get this kind of quite elaborate meal, by the sounds of it, prepared... Out the corner of her eyes, she's Mary, sitting at Jesus' feet. And suddenly, that frustration hits Martha. Suddenly, she's like, why isn't she helping me? I'm doing all this work. Why isn't she helping me? And Martha's, and I speak to myself here, Martha's find it very, very easy at times to suddenly, you know, because they're trying to do so much, to suddenly slip into that element of, well, I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm doing it on my own. And then suddenly we find ourselves having a bit of a pity party. And then suddenly we find ourselves getting a bit angry and we're in sin. And that's what, that I have been down that path many, many times. And it is a risk. So if you, like me, are a Martha and you love to serve, I want to say thank you for all that you do. But we are here to worship at the feet of Jesus first. That is our primary goal. That is our primary aim. To sit at his feet and to worship. And then to serve. Because by doing that, we'll be able to keep all of the emotions, the frustrations that sometimes get at us, we'll be able to keep them in check. So, other people here will be Marys. They love to spend time in worship of Jesus. Which is great. But here... We need both. Ideally, we individually, so I need to be more of a Mary. And some of the people who are Marys, well, there are opportunities to serve in the church, and I'm going to come on to that in a minute. Both individually and corporately, 
we should aim to become a combination of Mary and Martha. So if you are a Martha like me, please don't take your eyes off Jesus. Because that's then when the resentment can form and the frustration. We see in Matthew 22 that one of the experts in the law comes up to Jesus and says, Lord, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus' response is, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That is the greatest commandment. So as Martha's, no matter how much we might enjoy serving, no matter how much joy we get from serving, the primary goal, the first commandment, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Thank you. Mary's, whilst keeping her eyes fixed on Jesus, should also have an eye on the needs around them. After all, as I've already said, it was Martha that invited Jesus into the home. It's an interesting kind of theological predestination for the theologians out there. Would Jesus have even eaten there if Martha hadn't invited him in? We don't know. She did. She invited him in. Jesus went into the home. Jesus uh, ate there. He taught his disciples there. Mary sat at his feet. If you are a Mary, you help us as a church in your worship. We have some amazing people who are wonderful worshippers here. And when, they, when they're standing there worshipping, you can only be drawn into it. I'm thinking here of Nick. Where's Nick? I can't see you, Nick. Right? Nick is an amazing worshipper. <coughs> when Nick starts to worship, if you look at him, next week, Nick, if you look at him, <laughs> you can't help but be drawn into worship because he is lost in worship of Jesus. He is lost in the love of his Lord. He is lost in just wanting to exalt Jesus. We need Mary's. We need people who will sit at Jesus' feet. We need people who will worship. We need people who will encourage the rest of us into worship. But what did Jesus also say when the expert in the law said to him, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, that is the first and greatest commandment. The second commandment is to love one another. And it's often through serving one another that we can love one another. So Ben and Victoria, you are demonstrating love to people in Africa by serving them in such a wonderful way. Jenny and the Make Lunch team, you are showing the love of the Father, the love of Jesus to people through serving them, through doing the, the, the food and through doing the kids' work and all of that. But we need both. We need the Marthas who will serve. We need the Marys who will worship. And ideally, each and every one of us here will be both. So like I say, I need to be more of a Mary. 
And there were some Marys who, like I say, could do with having a look just to see what the needs are around us. Because we do have many. So what does this harmony say about, uh, about worship and serving? Well, let's just again, let's have a look at what Jesus said. First of all, Jesus didn't reprimand Mary for the fact that she was sitting worshipping at his feet. Clearly, time with Jesus was really, really important to him. And he knew that it was really, really important to Mary. But in the same way, he didn't reprimand Martha for serving. He said, you are worried about many things when only one thing is needed. And again, the commentators, as you read the commentaries about this passage, there's, uh, there's an element of... Uh, of uncertainty here. Some people interpret this as Jesus was saying the one thing was to sit at my feet and worship. Whereas other commentators say, actually, the one thing was to serve one simple meal and not be distracted by too much. And I find that really interesting because as us, as a a people... We have the opportunity for everyone to do something simple. For example, on a Sunday morning. And if everyone did, did one thing, and one thing, you know, kind of every, every month, actually, we would all be serving. But for those people who are serving a lot, they'd be able to spend more time at Jesus' feet. Okay? So... You know, I, I'm, and I'm going to come back to that in a minute. It's, there, there is an opportunity here for each and every one of us just to be a little bit more Martha-like so that some of the others can be a little bit more Mary-like. Okay? Let's just have a look at Jesus. How did Jesus himself model this kind of serving-worship harmony? As a small boy in the temple... On being found by Mary and Joseph, Jesus said, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? Worship. During his temptation, Jesus gave worship to the Father through his responses to the devil when being tempted. In those days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Worship. Jesus fed 5,000 plus people serving. When the 72 had returned, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Worship. The Lord's Prayer. Worship. Prior to the triumphal entry to Jerusalem, when Jesus was talking um, to James and John's mum about their request, James and John's mum had said, can can my two boys, one sit on the left and one sit on the right. Um, He said, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Serving. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Serving. After the Passover meal, Jesus sang a hymn with his disciples. Worship. The resurrected Jesus meets the disciples on the beach, having already prepared a meal of fish. Serving. He even does some kids' work. 
Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them. Serve him. And that's not to mention all the times he ministered to the sick, all the time he brought encouragement, all the time he, uh, he, he helped people. All of that serving. So what does this mean for us here at Emmanuel Church? And specifically, I want to focus on a Sunday and a Sunday morning, because I know there's a lot of stuff that goes on during the week. But I want to focus specifically on a Sunday morning. First and foremost... The most important thing is that each and every one of us come and worship at the feet of Jesus. Janet, where's, where's Janet? There you go. Janet, now, two weeks ago, Janet brought a word, or she brought a testimony. And, uh, and she said that, um, that uh, she had been, uh, been, been busy during the day. Um, and uh, you said that you'd missed your time of worship. And you felt, what was the word you used? Jangly. All day. Okay? First and foremost, our priority is to worship at the feet of Jesus. Otherwise, as with Janet's testimony, it can, you know, we're missing out on something. We can feel jangly. Because we haven't had that time with Jesus, our Saviour. It's like when you walk around in a well-lit room, You can see the obstacles, you can see the things that might trip you up. But if you suddenly turn the lights off and it's pitch black in there, that darkness can often seem more oppressive than it would have done if you had just been walking around in there for ages without the lights on. And there are many people, I believe, there are many people who in their Christian walk are struggling slightly, not because life is hard, but it's actually because they've, they've just kind of drawn away, they've drawn back from that worship of Jesus. I don't want to over-trivialise something, and I'm certainly not giving any medical diagnosis. But I think there are some people, some Christians, who they struggle with their self-perception and their self-worth, how they see themselves, and actually one of the root causes of that is they've taken their eyes off their Saviour. They've taken their eyes off Jesus. They've stopped worshipping the Lord. Whether that's through the busyness of life, whether that's through the, the, the difficulties that come, they've taken their eyes off the Lord. And as a result, things are difficult. Look at the life of Jonah. He took his eyes off the Lord. He didn't follow through on the instruction. And you know, he ended up getting thrown off a boat and all sorts of funny things happened. But then when the um, Ninevites had repented, suddenly he's in this kind of feel sorry for himself place and he's sitting on a hill and he's being critical of God and that. He's taking his eyes off Jesus. And sometimes we, can, and, and I, I know I speak to myself here, sometimes we, if we take our eyes off Jesus, it can have an effect on how we see ourselves, how we perceive ourselves, how we value ourselves. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Worship him first and foremost. Secondly, let's each of us look for ways in which we can serve one another. 
as I say, I reckon there are 40 people serving each and every Sunday, if you include the musicians, the stewards, people doing tea and coffee, car park, kids. I reckon there's about 40 people serving every Sunday. Now, last week we had about 160 adults in the room. Okay? So if each adult served, that means, by my maths, um, we'd be on once every four weeks. But there's a lot of people who are serving far more often than that. So just as, as an example, you know, Pete and Ali Gray, uh, Naomi, uh, doing the kids' work, they are very rarely in here. I think it was Naomi that said last term she was in for one sermon. Now, maybe that's a choice. Maybe she'd rather be out there than listening to people like me. But, you know, do they have that choice? There are plenty of opportunities to serve. And I want to make an appeal here right now to the students who have just returned. And it's great to have you back. But a lot of students will say things like, I, uh, I want to lead. I want to do some teaching. Well, the kids work are desperate for people to lead and to, for people to do some teaching. And so if you are a student here today, and it's not just the students, anyone can do this, but if you're a student here today and you want to try leading, if you want to try doing some teaching, then try first of all with the kids. They're desperate for people up there to help out. We had one of our young people's uh, workers with us, Sally and I, the other day. And, uh, and she was actually getting quite emotional over the physical impact that doing so much kids' work was having on her. The kids' team are desperate for some help. Now, I, at this point, I do a little bit with the kids, so I'm on the youth voter. But I feel and this is just me, we have never made this as a, as, a, as a kind of a rule or anything like that, but I personally feel if I'm putting my kids in there, then really I should be doing my bit to help them. Okay? So as a parent, if you are putting your children into the kids' work, then could you have a think about whether or not you feel you could serve in that area? Because the kids' workers are desperate for extra support and extra help. But anyone can be involved. You don't have to be a parent. You don't have to be a student. Anyone can be involved. Another area where, you know, with this whole thing of there was 160 adults and 40 people served, that's, that's a very theoretical number. We have very specialised skills that are needed for some areas of serving. For example, with the musicians. So if I was up here playing the piano... Um, Becky, you've, I notice you've been up most weeks recently, which is great. Thank you very much. But if I was up here to serve on the piano, we would be worshipping three blind mice every week. And that's it. Okay? That is as far as it goes. And maybe the first part of uh, the one that... Um, diddly, 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 you know that one? I, I could do a little bit of that. But, you know, very quickly, I, my repertoire runs out when it comes to the keyboard. And it is you know, quite a, a specialised area. Not all of us can serve on the musicians. But I want to just, at this point, I want to just credit musicians. Ryan, who leads them. Raymond and Lindsay, who've done a great job today. The other musicians who play. Because since Andy, good to see Andy, but since Andy has to, had to take his forced kind of break from leading us following his accident, these guys are stepping up to fill the gap. And we are incredibly grateful for what they do. Okay? 
But let's, thank you for that, that's really good. But let's remember that, that these guys give an awful lot of time. Now, if you are a musician, if you are a worshipper, and I think that's quite important, you know, we, we, it's not just about being a musician, it's about being a worshipper. If you are a worshipper who can play, then can you talk to Ryan? Because they also need support. They need extra people. So talk to Ryan. But let's really, you know, acknowledge what the musicians do. Um, We are down to two, I think it is, for PA. So they're on every other week on PA. Um, Can we acknowledge what they do and thank them, you know, on a regular basis? One of the great things, one of the things I love about this church is how generous we are as a church with thanksgiving for when people serve. But can we make an extra special effort with the musicians, with the PA? Because they are really stretched at the moment. So at the end of meetings, let's kind of almost overwhelm them with thanks. Um, (laughs) I said this once in school. I said, right, kids, I want you all to thank your teachers. And then teachers started coming back to me complaining that they couldn't get to their next lesson because all the kids wanted to say thank you for the lesson. (laughs) But no, we have some amazing servers in this church, some fantastic people who serve, but there is always opportunity for more. And so my appeal, as I wrap this up, my appeal is to you, if you are not serving at the moment on a Sunday morning for whatever reason that might be and there are many genuine reasons why people don't but if you're not serving at the moment can I appeal that you spend a little bit of time over the next kind of day or so just having a think about what area you might serve in because we want to release those people who are serving every two weeks sometimes like I say repeat Ali, Naomi they're serving every single week We want to release them so that they can sit at Jesus' feet. So if you are not serving, please, please, please do consider what area you might be able to serve in. Because we need your help. We can't do it all without everyone being involved. On the other hand, if you are someone, and this is where the ministry team will will, will be available at the end, If you are someone who at the moment you're sitting there thinking, my my worship is just not there. I'm struggling to engage with God. I'm struggling to really get in there with God. Then I want to encourage you, if you're in that place, if you're struggling, maybe it's because you're a master and you're doing so much serving that actually you've lost sight of Jesus. You've taken your eyes off Jesus. I want you to come out so that the ministry team can just pray with you and introduce you once again to a saviour who loves you more than anything else. And it was great that Jackie started this morning with that message about the umbrella. Because there are many people, I believe, now let me rephrase that, there are a number of people, I believe, who for various reasons they've taken their eyes off Jesus and it's been like putting up that umbrella. And what we want to do is we want to release you from that just by praying with you and introducing you once again to our Saviour who loves you more than anything else in the world. And I'll leave with one final point. And if the band, if you could just come back up, please. At that second meal, when the serving and the worship came together in harmony... It's a really interesting comment. It says that Mary broke the nard, the jar over Jesus' feet. 
and it says the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Can get everyone serving and worshipping that the house will be filled with that fragrance of the Lord. Okay. So I'm going to hand back to the musicians. If, like I say, if you are struggling in your worship, please do come out and ask someone to pray with you. And if you're not serving, please do have a think about what area you could serve in, because we need you. Thank you.